but it's just like so overgrown now at this point. Yeah. That it's just like, it, gotta get you it, a bush hog, bro. I know, but it's like, it's not our house. So it's like, <laughs> like to a certain I'm degree. Joking. Yeah. <laughs> like if it was our place and we could like landscape it, I think we would do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like I just think that something. anything called a bush hog is something that I love the term bush hog. <laughs> Obviously, it's awesome. Well, that's why we've called you Nate Bush Hog for years. Mm-hmm. Bush Hog Nate. Talking talking bush hog. Yeah, we're talking bush hog. I with think Nate. there's a, there's too there's too much innuendo uh, involved. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so, think about Nate, that. Uh, I yeah, went to home, Nate, I went to Home Depot today and I saw something and I it didn't have my phone on me so I couldn't send you a photo. Okay. But this thing is for you, man. It's a little box. It's probably not much bigger than a bread box. <laughs> a bread box? <laughs> Welcome to the 1920s. Sorry. That's was, an old joke that I that's have. That's an but... old joke. Cut that out. Um, oh, someday okay. we'll tell so, it. No, we'll leave it there as a, t- oh. as a, a tantalizer. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, dangle that carrot. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with the whole season. This is Aaron, Jeremiah, and Nate. We play in a band together. We spent years in a band discussing music and everything else. This is a podcast mostly about everything else. Thanks for listening. Um, it's probably about half the size of a box of 30 CDs. Okay. All right. Do you kind of have that in your head? <laughs> it's a date. It's still dated, but I'm, I'm still into a dated it. Re- Can you make a reference that feels like 2020? Like with, wait, wait, wait. With jewel cases? <laughs> I'm talking about the ones that we, that my Epic has. In okay. Every yeah, con- yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. How many Betamax tapes would it have yeah. been? Yes. <laughs> Can you do so, it in floppy disks? It's a box. It's a box. <laughs> it's a trap for carpenter bees. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. That's what I wanted to get you one and send it to you. You should have. Uh, Goldman and I talked about that like at length, like today, <laughs> about the carpenter bee traps. Because the saga why of not? the carpenter bee. He was telling me how much uh, hassle he's had with them. So, but he said that they're probably going to knock down their porch anyways, and so they don't really care. Mm, gotcha. But the f- the fatness of them is still concerning. Speaking of bees, if you want to talk, you know, creative check in for this week. Um, yeah, what are you guys doing? What I, doing, I, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Installed bees today. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> we we uh, we started a new hive today. Welcome to uh, Bee Talk with Jeremiah. You guys, oh, glad right. to have you. He's our next Dude, bees have been so Nate, do you have central. Some, do you have some bee questions for Jeremiah? Go ahead. <laughs> but these are honey bees. I'm assuming these are honey bees. These are okay, honey which bees. are no, cool. We we start carpenter beehives. Oh gosh, <laughs> I. I would think the carpenter bees would build the box for the honeybees for you. So my buddy <laughs> yeah. who helps us no with the honeybees, he had 15 <laughs> hives last year and he, we lost 14 of them were lost to these mites. It was really Whoa. bad, really mm. bad this year. Um, so we had to kind of install a new, right, uh, a new hive, a new swarm of bees into the hive. Um, so that was like that. And then I hung, uh, some, uh, commissioned art by our buddy scott dean a shout out to scott dean who's a fantastic artist here in our neighborhood uh he got commissioned to do some art and i hung some art for him in um in a in a client's house so that was kind of a cool little piece of work there miss jean's house Aaron. you're back Uh, at miss jean's house huh he's done he's done several pieces for her now and so i got to hang one of those today so oh that's cool um yeah nate what have you been working i know you've been slaving away right oh yeah Oh, yeah. What are you working on? 
Uh, still working on everything in slow motion. We kind of have a a deadline in mind, so we're we are rocketing toward it right now. Awesome, rocketing. I, think rolling. I know it's going to sound sick. What I've heard sounds very sick. <clears throat> rocketing in a good way. Sure. Cool. Fuel well, up the rockets, you know. Well, I uh, I have been doing a bunch of video stuff that is going to go up on the community center. Um, which, uh, again, if you don't know, is our, uh, it's our Patreon platform and it's a hub for all kinds of stuff like, uh, the podcast and the band and lots of other things we make. And I've been making a bunch of video stuff, which is cool. Cause, um, even though I own a small media company, I'm usually not the guy holding the camera. Um, but it's, but I know how to use everything. So it's been really fun to kind of just be here in the lab and playing with stuff and making stuff. So that's, that's what I've been doing for the last three days. And I've really enjoyed it. Director, right on! Wow, oh. producer, director. Yeah, give me all them credits. Fancy. Dude. Want them <laughs> That's very all impressive. All the ones that don't do the work. That <laughs> <laughs> guy, he zinged you. He got what's you another? So what's another title we can throw in there? Executive producer, just the money man, <laughs> just the money guy, the fat cat throwing down the fat wallet. Yeah, that's what I want. I want fat cat on my business card. Uh, so we got a cool top five this week from Jenna Rice. Oh, top five. Okay. Our, that's right. It. On our Facebook group. And uh, she asked for our top five social distancing activities or quarantine activities. So. Um, All right. Yep. You want to go first? Yeah. This is, we, we've talked at length about this. Let's just go ahead and be honest about this with our audience here. We've okay. talked at length about this, about whether five or three, that's not really as big a deal as do we have to put an order to these things? I vote no. I think Nate had the best point. We can just from week to week say, hey, this is actually in a specific order. If you have this one, is just then the you can five. claim it. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mine I, is not. You'll you'll never get me to order them if I don't feel like it. <laughs> that, that's well, just true yeah. in general about getting <laughs> you to do anything you don't feel like. I mean, if you said they have to be in order, I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm trying to I don't think want to do that. In five years of, of friendship of one thing I've ever seen you do that you definitely didn't want to do. I mean, there are things, right? I mean, you're not I'm not saying you're not an irresponsible person. Like you'll do things that are not preferable, but there's a a reason why you want to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've all talked a good you're not bit a weak about person, we're man. kind of in, we're kind of <laughs> all like making making our way through this quarantine pretty well. Right. I mean, this is not, this has not been like terribly devastating to any of us. Um, so mine is pretty easy to come up with personally. I don't know how yours was, but it's pretty easy for me. Here's my top five. Uh, can you roll the top five music, Nate, please? Okay. It's, it's, thank you. It's quick. (laughs) And (laughs) there it goes. There it goes. (laughs) You better drop something really sweet and short there. I'm, I'm excited to hear what that is. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, Laying on my swing with my kids. Okay. Do you Converse- want to rate which kid you'd rather late with first? Yep. Favorite uh, kid, Mary, ready and Mary go. Mary easily. That has nothing to do with favorite kid, but yeah, Mary we'll just, is so we'll much just more leave fun it to at that. Favorite kid, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, she is an infant, so that adds up. Conversations at comfortable distances and intervals for me. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> Walks through my neighborhood with my family. Okay. Lots of snacking. Mm. Oh, snacking's up? All snacking time is up, yeah. Okay. 
I should say bye bye snacking, bye. Snacks are up. Snacking is up whenever I'm at home. Like get them snacks. Person appears, and so th- <laughs> yeah. I'm at home more than usual right now. Um, and then doing work on the house, mostly in the yard. Uh, that's kind of fun as spring rolls around. So okay, okay. Not so five. we're not going to make you rank them, but what do you, of those? What do you think is your like favorite thing? Um, man, pr- laying on the swing. Yeah, that sounds yeah. serene Dude, and peaceful and nice. I've got an I've got a uh, a wind chime that my mom and dad made me for Christmas out of glass that hangs above here. my head, and I lay down. It's a full like bed size, so I can lay down in it. It's underneath a really big, beautiful magnolia tree, and the weather's perfect. I, cinematic. I just You're describing yeah. a cinematic experience. Sometimes Mary will fall asleep on my chest while we're doing it. it like, yeah, I can't can't beat that. Do you uh, partake in ruminating when you do that? I partake in sweet tea. <laughs> okay. He will he refuses to ruminate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nate, what about you? Are, I wait, yeah, I was going to say yeah. Jeremiah, is there any of those things that you I get there's only one that I noted that's like different than normal. I don't have quarantine specific activities that I know of. Right, but I mean, the question was like, I mean, these are taking up your quarantine time, which is fine. I'm just noting like they, it's not that different from what you would normally enjoy. I am doing more of them. Oh, that's the difference. I'm okay. doing more of them than I would have. There's a quantitative yeah. uptick. I'm with it's, you. None of them are, are, yeah, none of them are like, can only be done during the quarantine. Okay, good. That's a good only realization. Only negative things I can think of that are, have to be done only during quarantine. I can't think of positive things, so. Mm, cool. All right. Yeah. Nate, what do you got? What are your top five? Are we ready to crack them off here? Okay. Yeah, do it. <clears throat> Eating Cheez-Its. <laughs> <laughs> Cheez-Its above other snacks. Like, that's... They have gone straight to the top of my list of <laughs> big-time snacks. I don't know why. Do you but... do the big square Cheez-Its? Oh, yeah, the big square ones are so Been good. doing... The, About the size of a mini disc? No, they're they're Cheez Its duos, Parmesan and oh, you go for the, the white. Oh, he's leaning out of frame. For it's sh- it's sharp cheddar and Parmesan. He does uh, have them within reach. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a a little kind of store of them stocked up in the house. Oh, so that's why. Like they're they are available, but they do they also just something about their quality. It feels right. Well, so. We don't, just like, in general, we're not the type of house that, like, has snacks, like, stocked up, usually. Mm-hmm. It's like, if right. I want, if I'm craving something in particular, I might go get it and enjoy it that day. But it's just like, we don't we don't have stuff, like, stocked up in general. There's just never... You don't have stonks of Cheez-Its? Yeah, just like, ever since I've, like, been on my own, I just don't, it's just not something I do. I'll have like yeah. just food stuffs that I can make meals and I just don't have, cause if I have snacks around, I'll just eat them. It's just, yeah. Oh dude, absolutely. The We're the same way. So. We don't, we don't do snacks either. Um, which I hate cause I love to snack, but also I know we all love to snack. Me. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's better for me. We do have, I don't know <clears> if you guys do this. We have like one thing that we always say stocked on. That's a snacky thing. We just don't have tons of different kinds can I of guess? snacky things. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if you got it, but go for it. Oreos Black licorice. Oh, I don't include desserts. 
Oh, <laughs> okay. Right. That's so I don't snack on Oreos throughout the day usually. They're just like an after dinner thing. Okay. Gotcha. The throughout the day thing are wheat thins. Oh. Mm, okay. There's that's like a, nice a that's there's a like a snack. there's a brand called uh Back to Nature and they're like I, they look healthier. I can't I can't verify that they are, but sure. I Dude, think they're like just, a I don't know why I just got so hungry for some triscuits, bro. Yeah, we got oh. the, some of those too. Oh, Triscuits, man. That's a real hearty snack. But we the, have like squeeze tons cheese. more. With oh, the, wouldn't oh, you put the, squeeze cheese on yeah, Triscuits? Yeah, on Triscuits, man. You just I'm slice your own real cheese. cheese. Yes, bro. yes. Preach. Well, of course. <laughs> that's a that's a premium <laughs> cracker. The Triscuits. <laughs> yeah. Someone wove that, you know? Yeah. Someone that's a bespoke their- cracker. Dude, <laughs> dude, the way you guys responded makes me think this is more of a hot take than I thought it was, but... Wheat thins are like 10 billion times better than Triscuits. That is insane. I'm kind of in the middle. I think they both serve a different purpose. Nine times out of 10, I want the wheat thins. But to bring the circle back around, Nate, you're you're go right now you're going cheese it over both. There's so much cheese it's, man. Cheez-It. Holy cow. <laughs> right, what else you got on your list? <clears throat> okay. We're rolling. Uh walking around. Walking around's good. <laughs> the house? Jeremiah. No, no, outside. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Walking? I don't normally do that. Oh. Uh, because typically something comes careening into my, you know, schedule that just sends me, like, I'll go, I'll, I needed to travel or do something. And then, um, and then I and then I go and I'm you know out and about doing stuff for like days and days and so then I get home and I just chill. <clears throat> but now I'm just at home all the time. Is your and, neighborhood like good for walking around? Oh, it's or do you great. go somewhere? Yeah, it's okay, cool. super fun. That's I've awesome. actually been really enjoying it. And I've been on the phone like taking so many phone calls during this thing. Um just So these for, are mostly solo walks to be clear? Yeah, it's just me just going. Um and it's been great. And I think cool. I'm going to do it all the time. I mean, this is not some novel idea, <laughs> <laughs> getting up and walking around. But I, but legitimately, I, don't, I never really did walk around my neighborhood before this. Um, and now I'm doing it all the time. So there you go. Awesome. Uh, <clears throat> here's, here's one that no one would ever think uh, about. Music. <laughs> Listening to it. <laughs> Listening? Listening to music. Yeah, obviously I'm making music and and mixing and producing and that's my job. So, <clears throat> and I also listen to tons of music just in my life, but uh there's been really cool music that people, you know, that's come out just because this is a good time to release music. If you've got music right now, release it. That's kind yeah. of the thing. Um <clears throat> Yeah, but like, is yeah. there a number one like uh, Corona quarantine album for you right now? Um, n- no, probably not an album. I don't know that there's an uh, an album that's come out that I'm really excited about. But like, there's new Gorillaz songs that are coming out that I think are really great. Uh, one of my favorite bands is a band from the UK called Big Spring, and they just put out a new song, and I think it's awesome. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, there's just Radiohead today put out a a, a hour long show from the year 2000 that they just were sitting on. Um, oh, that's awesome. That just just premiered like a c- couple hours ago, three hours ago. You can go watch. <clears throat> so great. there's just cool stuff happening. All right, and so Cheez Its, Walks, Music. <clears throat> What's your last two? 
Animal Crossing. Oh, I wondered when you were going to get into that. Yeah. Well. It happened. It's good. Yeah. How, how long have you been playing it for now? Since the day it came out. Oh, wow. Since how many hours do you out? have to do it? Do you know how many hours in? Um, Not that many. Probably 15, maybe. Okay. Maybe, maybe more. I don't know. My brother's ass- also playing. I'm assuming this is a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on what system? On the Nintendo Switch. Cool. I think as of this week, it's the second highest selling game on the system, which is crazy. It's doing wild numbers. Like, they're um, selling out, like, it, hotcakes. It is going to be one of those things that is really interesting, just in, like, all of media, just because... It's coming out at a time where everyone can spend time on something like that. And it's like a perfect simulacrum for like having a outside social life that just exists in a game. Like you, if you have friends that play, you can go visit their island and like trade stuff with them and socialize with them. And they're like the people that live on their island and stuff. So, it's crazy. It's super fun. Uh, yeah, I could awesome. I could really get into it, but it doesn't yeah. seem like the time. <laughs> What's your number five, Nate? Uh, Jackbox games. Oh, so kind of falling into the same category. Uh, you just playing but, with your wife and with Tyler? Or? Uh, yeah, and like other people, just like on chat. Tyler's or, Nate's brother. Yeah, my brother. Um. <clears throat> yeah, you can video chat with people and play that way or, you know, FaceTime or whatever. You know, however you want to do it. You play with other people really easily. So this overlaps my top five pretty significantly. Mm. Uh, because one of mine was Jackbox Zoom parties. So mm. I've been doing the same thing. There you go. Yeah. Me and me and Missy get a bunch of friends or family to all Zoom with us. And, uh, and then I use my computer to just put it on the screen uh it's it's a it's a cheap way to do it but it works and yeah we've been playing a lot of uh jeremiah's favorite game quiplash mm-hmm. um tko just super fun uh and then one of my other five um was actually uh playing <clears throat> link to the past on switch which is like the third zelda game ever super old and my neighbor who's a good friend bought it for me bought me a pass for nintendo online for my birthday and I've been playing it since October. So I I'm lucky if I put in three hours a week, but I'm enjoying it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting in more now. And if you guys want more video game content, like let us know because Nate knows a lot about it and I know nothing, but I'm really in, this is like the second video game I've played in 20 years. So, um, then, uh, I have home improvements too, Jeremiah. We've been doing a lot around the mm-hmm. house, getting ready for the baby. Last week I power washed the house, which was super, super satisfying just to power wash the house was just you feel like a king just watching all the d- dirt and grime go yeah man uh and then making a podcast i've been editing these a lot and that's a new thing in my life and that's been taking up a lot of activities so if you're out there wondering how to eat up some time maybe start a podcast yeah then my last one would be uh walks with my wife and my dog mary puppins we've been walking a lot and uh Mary, Mary's, Mary's honestly like, I love my dog so much, but she's not good at walks. Like she's good at everything else. She's too excited, but it still is nice to see her enjoying the world. And she good at arithmetic. 
No, she's really okay. Good well, at... so we we could say that she's not good at everything else. <laughs> she's not. Yeah, she's good okay. at every other dog thing. She barks oh, people come by. Dog type. She's stuff. friendly to people, but she barks at strangers. Mm. Uh, she's cuddly. She likes to play, but uh, just on a leash, she's just too too much in a hurry. She won't chill out with me. Um, mm. But that's my five. That's what I got. That's your five. Okay, so uh, that was a request from Jenna Rice as part of our uh, the epicenter group. Uh, at any time, if you want, you can join our community center Patreon and submit your top five for anything, and we will give you ours. Uh, and I'm going to include hers right now. Sitting in a car next to my friend in her car in church parking lot while watching the sermon on our phones in separate cars. Getting That's friends to drive to the deli and park in a circle six feet apart and sit on roofs of cars and sing some worship music together. Okay. Zooming creative. with She's wonderful creative. people from Open Letter Posting. That's our Facebook group. Oh, okay. Solo hikes. Oh, solo hikes. And backing into the tree line while yelling, unclean, unclean, when another hiker approaches you on the trail. Oh, mm. <laughs> I like it. That feels nice. That feels apocalyptic. I like that. That's right. That's right. So uh, thank you, Jenna. And if you out there want to submit yours, you can feel free to do so uh, when you become a patron of this patron of this episode, uh, podcast. There we go. All right. So uh, this week we're talking to Mark Nix of Cool Hand Luke. Very, oh. very, very good friend of ours. Mm, love love some guy. Mark Nix. Mm. Mm-hmm. What a guy. We've what known a him guy. for, I guess I've known, known him for, I don't know, uh, to over 12 years. 12 years? Wow. Yeah, over 12 yeah. years. And uh, he was also on uh, that that uh, album we put out called Yet. Yep, plays the drums on a couple of songs. That's right, 10 years ago. Um, Mark and we actually is, have him on a, on a separate episode that we'll be releasing later, just talking about right. the involvement of, of that. Patreon only. Yeah, Patreon for the community only. center only, but that'll be coming Sounds up soon. interesting. Some mm-hmm. more Mark Nix goodies mm-hmm. for the people. Talking about one of the songs he played drums on. Yeah. Um, Mark has been a musician for many, many years. Uh, like we said, mostly in Cool Hand Luke, but also in a couple other projects. And more recently, he has finished schooling and become a counselor. And he's also recently become a pastor. So we talked to him about everything other than the music. Yeah, mostly the counseling. And I, I will say it's it's a... It's a uh, it's a good episode. It's a little heavy in parts, but I think it's really like significant, and worth listening to. And and uh, there are definitely some moments where Mark's sense of humor gets to shine. He is just an awesome dude. So for sure, that's what we do here on Between the Notes. We get into all ends of the deep end. Yeah, every every little corner, every nook, every of end of the deep end. Every <laughs> end of the deep. <laughs> and then we and then we stand on that little robot that cleans the that cleans the bottom. That's right. That's right. Oh, man, I didn't expect any of that. <laughs> so now I'm excited. You've, you've never stood on the That's robot. Right. That's right. Uh, personally, no, I've never stood on the robot. You haven't lived, bro. <laughs> okay. you got to stand on that robot. Man, all right. It's going right, on the bucket well. list. <laughs> with, right, along with well. Bye Bush Hog. Yep, no doubt. <laughs> all right, well, here's Mark. And my... My mom has been here. She came down just for a visit like three weeks ago. And now it's like, oh, crap, maybe you shouldn't go back, especially since we're about to have a baby. And I don't know if you'll be able to come down. 
and she tells stories from her childhood and it's like she grew up in the 1800s <laughs> stuff i mean she's the youngest of 11 children and like she has a sister named dimple like that's her real name <laughs> that's but, not a nickname that's just right, a good old her, christian name yeah that's that's her christian name and she grew up on a farm no that's no one's christian name but go ahead yeah um and her dad was a bootlegger but like i thought i knew most of the stuff like she literally went to school in a one room schoolhouse like they did in the prairie days or whatever and um they just didn't buy her shoes during the summer she just went barefoot <laughs> all summer yeah you like, what happened to her shoes from before summer she i mean like she outgrew them <laughs> oh gotcha. it's like no it's you know what that's kind of like, smart yeah, though it's that's May, thinking. Those, get those shoes out of here but to i mean i think she was allowed to wear them but like if she outgrew them it's like well it's summer wait till wait till school starts yeah wait till you might get frostbite i get that from, I'm, yeah. I'm into well where 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 did she live like rural Tennessee, okay. Hick, Hickman County has Hick in the name. Um, Classic. But the two things just this week that I've learned is we are talking about, like, you know, we can't find toilet paper or anything like that. And we have enough right now. But, like, the past six times I've gone to the store, there's no toilet paper or anything close mm-hmm. to it. And my mom, just like, just in passing, was like, well, you know, when we went to the outhouse, which that's enough, Yeah, <laughs> they went to an outhouse, but she's like, we didn't, I didn't grow up with toilet paper. And I was like, what did you use? And she said, we use the Sears and Roebuck catalog. If it works, Can it you works. believe that? <laughs> but I mean, that sounds like. That does sound that like something you would say. 1880s or yeah. something, you know? And then that sounds the, like you'd something you'd say out of spice. spice that's like, like we it, just ordered our house from the Sears catalog, <laughs> and, it, and it's arriving, and a bunch of lumber is it, arriving. It, it more yeah, sounds like somebody who works for JCPenney's, and they just take every chance they get to dig at Sears, mm-hmm. and that's just like, that's what they wipe with, you know, is but Sears. Th- I mean, think about a Sears catalog, like that glossy, yeah. thick, was it's it glossy like, back then, or was it more like yellow pages? Because that could her, wipe with the yellow pages pretty good. I I asked her, and she said it was the glossy kind. Oh gracious! Mm. Yeah. Well, apparently people used to wipe with corncob pipes, and I'm too afraid to YouTube it, but I don't understand how that would work. Wait, corncob pipes or well, just corn a corncob? Sorry, just yeah. a corncob yeah, corn pipe. That's a whole new. That's a whole <laughs> I spent, different. I spent a day making this into a pipe, but it's just gonna wipe my so ass at the end of the day. <laughs> And how many corn cobs does that, that take? <laughs> how many cobs do you have on a hand? <laughs> yeah. That was a two cobber. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was a two cobber. Um, well, I think it's probably just the perfect time to officially welcome Mark Nix to the Between the Notes podcast. <laughs> uh, Mark, thanks for making time to hang out with us, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here on Between Two Cobs. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if, and I yeah. have to leave everything in that you just said, or that joke just falls flat. Right. Well, uh, it's funny kind of either just, way, because just Cobb is just a good, it's <laughs> got a good <laughs> mouth feel. Yeah. yeah. Mouth it's, feel. It's got a good, it fits in your mouth space well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one of the themes is just how stuff feels in the mouth, you know? So, 
Mark, how's it going today, man? How cl- what's the countdown right now? Um, T minus what? Fifteen, I guess. Uh, baby's coming April fifteenth, and tomorrow's the first. So, but what's it like to be prepping for a baby with everything else going on right now? It's weird. I mean, because um, it's number two for you, so you have a you have something to measure it by. Yeah, it's just completely different because right now. Um, in Florida, the only visitors who are allowed are partners of women who are in labor and that could change any time now. Mm -hmm. Some States aren't even allowing partners in the delivery room or whatever. So we're just kind of, um, you know, kind of hoping that if it's going to get worse, that the baby will gone ahead and come and I'll be able to be there with Brandy and everything. It's weird. Everything's weird. We went, we went today for, um, cause you know, Missy's due in August and, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, I have nothing to compare it to. We went today and they wouldn't let me in. We had our big, like 20 week, like where they get to see the baby. I, I got pictures guys. I'll, I'll show them later. It'll mm-hmm. be its own <laughs> podcast. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I couldn't even be up there. I couldn't even go in the building. Uh, wow. So, which I appreciate the, the the lengths they're going to. Like she felt very take, very much taken care of. Like they did a pro job. But what's the lockdown like in in Florida right now? Like, is it are you still pretty free to be out, or is it like shelter in place? Or uh, they haven't used that terminology yet, but it's basically like essential only. Like you can go to the grocery store or to pick up food, or um, if you can't work from home. But from what I can tell, people are still being kind of dumb about it. That's they're, what people do, you know. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> Meaning they're not following the, the regulations? Yeah. This is like last week, it still seemed like this. Okay, I know this is real, but it's not really affecting anyone I know. But already this week, I know people who have the virus. Really? Just, I just read today that Ed O'Brien from Radiohead has coronavirus. Don't say it. No. Don't say that. He says he's okay though. He's okay. he's already on like the the mend. National treasure list, so they're taking good care <laughs> of him. He seems like a real sweetheart of a dude from the interviews yeah. I've seen. Yeah, that's what um that's what everybody says. <clears throat> he seems like one of the most approachable members of the band. Like I think he's the last person you would know. Isn't he from the band? Isn't that why he's maybe? The I don't know the person? drummer's name, but I'm not apt to know Phil? drummers' names. I know all their names because it's my yeah. favorite band. Same. I've, I think. Uh, I think Ed and and Colin, the bass player, both seem like they'd be pretty cool. I'm sure they're all cool. I just think several of them are too cool for me to even be able to like. I I know I wouldn't be able to have a halfway decent conversation. Yeah, well, I'm not even sure that Tom York is cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm positive that he's one of the coolest people who's ever lived, <laughs> but not like yeah. to go bowling with him. <laughs> I do. He's not on my bowling shortlist. Let me just make. Let me just, yeah. just update it. Actually, make sure he's on the not list. Not bowling. Well, I mean, I feel like with music or you know 
theology or anyone that I look up to, there's people that I'm like, that guy's awesome, but I don't want to hang out with him, you know? And then there's other people that it's like, oh, I wish I could hang out with that mm-hmm. guy. Okay, but this brings us around perfectly to, like, how we know you is just for, for any listeners who aren't just listening to this podcast because they're jumping onto the, the, the Cool Hand Luke train already, and that's the only reason you're paying attention to us. Because um, that's the history of our career as a band, is just riding the, the Cool Hand Luke train to the end of the line. Uh, <laughs> Mark was in an amazing band, and is, it is an amazing band by himself, pretty much, called Cool Hand Luke. And have played in a bunch of other projects too. Probably most notably, like Wikipedia credits would be like the Chariot, right? And then, uh, and then, obviously, most famous of all, played on three my epic songs. Uh, is there any other notable big musical credits that I'm not giving you right now? I played in this worship band at a church camp one time. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> and I sang I Believe I Can Fly no. while playing drums. <laughs> wow. If you can do those two <clears throat> things, then you then you can fly. You're going oh, on man. the bowling list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the only other band that I've like toured with that people might know is the Myriad. I oh, didn't yeah. know records, yeah. but I, cool. I did a tour with them. The reason I brought up your, your musical credits actually in this context is because you were known for having a very serious like stage persona and then being almost completely the opposite Uh, that threw me off big time the first time we started hanging out was like on stage was just so heavy and so serious and like very radio heady i guess i'd say but then knowing you to be one of the funniest people and like best storytellers i've ever known like did fans were they always thrown off by that I don't know. I I think it I think earlier on I probably took myself a little too seriously and and probably tried to be my persona more and I think fortunately I once I met you guys uh <laughs> I, I mean I know I met you guys probably before but by the time we had a relationship I was hopefully not taking myself quite so seriously. And, but uh, we were the catalyst. Like you met us. <laughs> yeah, it all changed when <laughs> when I figured out how goofy my epic was. Mark, Aaron, and I were discussing this. How, why did we tour together? What was the connection? I. <laughs> I'm just. I was going to say something uh, snarky. I. I remember. Aaron. It might have been Aaron and Jesse coming up to me at cornerstone one time yeah and we talked dude yeah and then i mean i think people had some idea that we were a bigger deal than we were or that we would be really hard to tour with but honestly if you're just like if you just if your band didn't suck (laughs) and you're like you want to do some shows together we'd be like okay (laughs) um Dude, well, don't my- tell all the industry secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, that was the secret to our success. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not primarily here to talk about uh, Cool Hand Luke, although you did put out a record just a few years ago, Cora, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which has a super, 
super good, and I cannot recommend enough that you guys go watch his music video. Um, what's the name of the song again? Dancing. I'm trying to think of the title, but I just can't. Just only... called. Dan- it's just called dancing. <laughs> All I can um, think of is the hook, but that's my a favorite good thing. song. Is uh, it's called dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just that's what it's, I think of. No, it's I called love that take, one. It's called taking chances. Taking chances. Okay. Yeah, and, and you get to see the the serious broody Mark and the. And the real Mark. I loved it. I didn't see it coming at all. It was great. Yeah, watch (laughs) the music video to the end. Me and Jeremiah, I think, I don't know if we watched it together, but our experience was the same. Was just like, what is, who is he trying to, and then when you, when you flipped the script on us, like it, we were losing it because it was so, so perfectly you. I don't, Um, I don't know that the other 14 people who saw it. (laughs) took it that way <laughs> but, but i'm glad you guys got it <laughs> well that's why we're here to spread the news um and you're writing right now right you're working on stuff right now yeah i i have some songs finished and i'm gonna put out like a kind of odds and ends unreleased plus some new stuff thing at some point this year and then i have a new kind of concept record that i'm working on and um, I don't, I don't know how or when that's going to get finished, but it's it's a work in progress. So you mentioned you mentioned the counseling, which is kind of the thing you you moved into production, which is pretty connected to music, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you moved into becoming a professional. What was the exact words that you used? Because there's lots of different ways to say it. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. Sick. So basically, counselor or therapist. Okay. So to get into that topic, um, we each wanted to do an exercise, Mark, so that you could kind of gauge where we're at <clears throat> slash uh, where we're not at, and then maybe that could direct. So we each uh, wrote a haiku about the topic of counseling oh, um, so that you could kind of pick apart where our brains are at on this topic and maybe uh, focus yourself thereafter. Okay. That sounds intimidating <laughs> can somebody cue some haiku music please yeah you Nate, here. drop some sick haiku music okay. right here, here what comes. is that pan flute <laughs> <laughs> can it can you write the music so that it's it has a measure of five a measure of seven and a measure of five? Ooh, there's a challenge right there that's a that's a high order put it in five seven seven five five seven <laughs> wasn't wasn't that the template for Rich? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that does sound like that. That's the next. That's the next episode. Uh, like, who's gonna go first? Am I going first? Aaron, or you got to kick it off. Kick it man. off. All baby. right. Okay. Okay. Here's mine. Um, this is actually the first haiku I've ever written. So. No. Yeah, I've never written a haiku. No. So, Come. On. So. All right. That's why it I should go Rewind first. it. That's not true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Talk and be heard. Time. An emotional massage. Sigmund made it weird. <laughs> I was just trying not to laugh at massage. <laughs> uh, an emotional massage. Sigmund made it weird. Okay. Am I waiting until these are done or am I supposed to? Yeah, like- maybe take some notes real quick on like, uh, on <clears throat> just like, just knows nothing. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to address, okay. or should we let him go one at a time? I, I don't know. I say he gives us. Okay, you understand this? Uh, uh, three out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Where am I at on zero to ten? Okay, Aaron, I need to hear your entire haiku 
once. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Talk and be heard time. An emotional massage. Sigmund made it weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So zero to ten, where am I at? What am I analyzing, you or your or your understanding of counseling? <laughs> Please don't analyze the haiku. Just like the basic. How well does like, he understand what counseling is? Just him uh, as a person. Just give yeah, him just, a just rate me out of ten. <laughs> um, I'd say, let's see. Talk can be heard. Time. An emotional massage. That feels a little off. I'm going to give you a solid five. Okay, okay. I'll take solid it. five. I, okay. I think we're going to learn that five is a really good number. Jeremiah, why don't you go next? Okay, I'll go next. Listen to people. Use wisdom and learning to offer direction. That's not a good haiku. <laughs> That's just a bad haiku. I think it's a fantastic. It fits exactly what it's supposed to fit. What's wrong with it? The The whole... <laughs> What's wrong with it? You're, you have a sentence that starts on the second line. Yeah, that happens in haikus. I've read a few. Oh, <laughs> oh snap. Wow. Not Coming good in ones. with the hot takes. I would venture that That's out of the four flow. of us, I would venture out of the four of us, Jeremiah has written the most poetry. I would just guess right now. Certainly. That, that However, makes me qualified. <laughs> I just don't... I mean, maybe if you had started it... I'm, I'm done. All right, Nate, done could, you, could you please give me a one out of ten rating, please? <laughs> hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... Wait, he doesn't have to say his again? I have to say mine twice, but he doesn't? I, I got it. I actually wrote, I'm, I actually wrote him down because they're so short, I can just write him down. So, um, Jeremiah, I would say if I were rating the haiku, haiku it was kind of boring, but I think, I think I'm going to give it a seven out of ten on Dang, your understanding of counseling. Right. Okay, and that's Not okay. Really I, I will. I will admit I wasn't writing the haiku for the haiku. I should have done a little better with that, huh? You were more trying to nail the description. I than was the really haiku. working hard on like getting that seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you, I, you nailed that. <laughs> you didn't get. Can we admit that my haikunish was better? Yeah, it was much better. The flow—it's really about all about the flow of a haiku. <laughs> okay, and the flow of mine is, is bad. <laughs> also, I mean, I mean, Aaron, yours got some giggles, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, I wanted a giggle. That last line was a giggle, complete. It was a hard sell. All right, Nate, what do you got? An emotional <laughs> massage was completely serious. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> All right, hold on. I gotta get psyched. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take me a second here. <clears throat> I don't have issues. I keep the darkness at bay. Wait, I'm crying now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible haiku. <laughs> I think it's a good haiku. I don't think it's a. It demonstrates my understanding, but well, um, it might more than you know. I, I'm gonna give that one. I'm gonna give that one a seven. Also, Whoa, okay. dang! And and the haiku probably gets a higher rating. Yeah. So Nate wins. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. Wait, wait we just decide. Yes. Nate wins. Like we just. Well, he got he got the top score in both categories. Hey. Oh. hey there is no winner and loser here, guys. The prize is Mark Nix's voice on your though. home answering machine. Oh, okay. 
So can you kind of just give us a better definition then, a, a more complete, in a spontaneous haiku that you make up right now? Oh, my <laughs> word. That's too much pressure. Come on. Um, yeah, I would need time for that. Well, I would say um, I think most people, if they haven't gone to counseling, and even some who do think of counseling or therapy as what they've seen on TV and um, a lot of people come in looking for advice and answers. And I would say um, that's not, that's not really the goal of good counseling Um, for for me. um, And even though I am a counselor, I don't see myself as like an authority on counseling or I'm probably not going to write a book that people would read about counseling, but, a lot of it is just um, kind of entering in with people and trying to give them a safe space where they can process. And a lot of times people don't even know what they're going to counseling for. They just have an overwhelming sense that things aren't the way that they're supposed to be. Um, And so I kind of start there and try to normalize that and, um, Ideally, uh, someone who comes to counseling would know what it is they're in counseling for and what they hope would happen. And so that kind of becomes the goal. Like if you think about it, if if you went to a doctor and you had a sore throat, it would be weird if they started like looking at your arm and checking for broken bones. Mm-hmm. Like the agenda isn't mine. It's my clients. Um, but a lot of it is usually... looking at their story, especially family of origin and things like that. And, um, you know, everything's different because some people come in and they have immediate crisis that needs to be dealt with, but sometimes it's insecurity or just a vague kind of depression or anxiety. And a lot of times, uh, looking at people's stories, they realize there's a lot of brokenness and woundedness from, even childhood, um, we make, we make rules, um, in order to kind of protect ourselves that carry into adulthood, but they don't serve us well anymore. Um, and I'll, I'll, that's probably vague, but I'll, I'll give an example. Um, sure. Like if you're a first grader and, um, you're in class and the teacher asks a question, and you raise your hand and everyone laughs, um, you're going to feel confused and you're going to feel stupid and you're going to feel embarrassed. And so if you don't want to feel that way again, what's the rule that you make? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Yeah. You make the rule. Don't raise your hand in class again. And you might even generalize it to, I'm not even going to speak up in a group. I'm not even going to share my opinions at all. And if the goal is that you don't want to feel embarrassed and you don't want to get laughed at in class, it works for a time. But then as time goes on, when you're 16 years old, your desire is kind of the same as every human being. You want to be known and understood and um, validated. Um, But you can't if you don't speak up and if you never put yourself out there and risk um, 
So at that point, like probably your desire to be known and to have relationships with people is greater than your desire not to get laughed at in class, but you're still operating out of the old rule from that, you know, six year old you made. So So it's a lot about figuring out like what's really going on, like in your motivations. Yeah. I mean, ultimately we're all like, we've all been hurt and when we're hurt, we try to figure out what to do to protect our hearts. Um, but a lot of times it's, you know, uh, our figuring it out happens when we're four or seven or 10 and it, you know, someone who, um, grows up with an alcoholic father is going to be hyper vigilant and they're going to be able to read a room really well. And they're going to be able to tell just from the way the door slams, whether dad's in a good mood or a bad mood and those kind of things. Um, and so that kind of stuff will continue to trigger you. And, um, I mean, it can play out in lots of different ways. It can play out where, because dad's an alcoholic, he always sucks all the life out of the room. So I'm not allowed to have any needs or Mm. be sad or, you know, anything like that. And you, you carry that into a marriage. Um, why aren't your needs getting met? Because you're not even able to tell your spouse what your needs are, you know, because you've never had the room to do that. But I say, I mean, I say story when I say story, I'm just talking about our life really, but I think our stories play into that a lot. Um, and of course I'm looking at it all through a biblical worldview also. So I think it all like there's redemption and hope that's always there. Um, but I work with clients who are not Christians. And so my goal isn't to start quoting the Bible to them the second they come in the door or anything like that. But it is interesting. The great equalizer of all my clients is that overwhelming feeling that things are not the way they're supposed to be. So are, are you, you just mentioned that your primary goal is not to quote the Bible, but you also told us that you're a pastor or you are not a biblical counselor. Is that correct? Scripture and the gospel is like the foundation for what I do. But I guess, uh, this is kind of a straw man way to say it, but I, I don't have a Bible only approach. Mm. Like, um, like I don't think that, um, science like neuroscience, for example, has nothing to offer us because it's not from scripture. And I also wouldn't, I I think the danger of some quote unquote counseling is it sends this message that if you come in and you're struggling with anxiety, here's these verses to look at and here's, you know, you should pray more. And, and the latent message is if you just had more faith, you wouldn't struggle in this way. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's incredibly damaging and the last thing that I would ever want to communicate to any of my clients. I see, you know, Jesus in the garden, um, very distressed to the point that says he's sweating like drops of blood. And I don't think it's because he had little faith. I think it's because he was up against something really scary, you know? What do you think like the, the, biggest misconceptions are about like 
counseling and what it's for and and who should go and why because it it feels like it feels like if you tell someone in their 50s quite often that you're going to counseling their first question is like what's wrong oh yeah absolutely especially if it's marriage counseling Hmm. um i think every couple should from time to time be in marriage counseling whether you think you need to be in it or not um but definitely the stigma is oh they must be on the brink of divorce or somebody cheated or something like that is there uh this is like just sort of general uh mm-hmm. question about that but like is there um like say you, just for example someone is going to take that advice right is there like a way to how, like how do you even how would you set it up because because i think the misconception is so strong even like knowing that information doesn't even like translate almost like it's like mm-hmm. it just feels so strange to to like say like everything's fine let's do this you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i get that <laughs> i remember uh reading some interview it was some like short novelty piece where it was like this guy's been married for 78 years or something like that and they they said what's the key to staying married for a long time and he was like don't get divorced (laughs) (laughs) and but like he's got it figured out yeah he he did well not getting divorced but if the only goal is don't get divorced it's like is that the marriage that anyone wants Mm -hmm. like well we're not divorced um and i think a lot of people don't even myself included uh, don't go into marriage thinking what the goal is or what good goals are. And so you end up, you have goals, whether you think about it or not. And for a lot of people, it's don't fight. Mm-hmm. So that means you'll do anything you can to avoid conflict, which usually means you're not actually being honest about how you feel and you're not actually dealing with things that need to be dealt with because Everybody understands that dilemma where you come home from work and you're tired and your spouse is tired and there's something that you need to talk about, but you know it's going to be a fight and it might be a bad one and it might keep you up later than you want to be up and it might make things weird for the next three days or you could not bring it up and you guys could watch Netflix. And in the moment, that always sounds better. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Cause it, cause it keeps the peace, but there's really no peace in that, you know, if that's, if that is the consistent pattern you keep living out of. And I say this as someone who has the propensity to do that. Um, mm. I tend to be passive. So like something that I have to work really hard at is, um, talking about hard things with my wife, um, and when we're in couples counseling, I get my butt kicked. Um, <laughs> so you go to counseling when you're in counseling with your wife. Do you mm-hmm. find yourself critiquing the counselor a lot? Like, oh, I wouldn't no. have gone that route. No, and it's interesting because I have a few clients who are counselors, and I'm super self-conscious. Like, I literally have this like, okay, don't ask yes or no questions. It has to be open-ended. Okay, don't. Don't self-disclose too much. Don't, you know, like stuff like that. (laughs) All like the big tips. Yeah. But like when I'm in counseling, 
Um, I'm not critiquing them because I find myself doing the same crap that my clients do when I know better. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You fall in the same trap, the same hole. You're like, tack on it. Yeah. Cause it's like when you're in couples counseling, like, um, they're trying to slow you down and get you to understand one another's hearts basically. So like if, if Brandy, my wife says, well, I felt this way, what I'm supposed to be doing is listening and empathizing and being able to say, okay, Oh, I get it. So when this happened, you felt that way. But instead what happens is I'm like, well, I was, well, well," you know, like I go getting defensive instead of, uh, you know, putting my junk on the shelf for a minute and just trying to like pursue her heart. But I think that is a good goal for marriage is pursuing one another's hearts. Mm. And a lot of times we don't know how to do that. And so we just don't, or sometimes we think we're doing that and it's like, what we played Madden together. I don't, I mean, what do you, what do you want? I think I know the answer, but like who should go to counseling? Well, I think, uh, right now, especially, um, I mean, I don't know when, when this will publish or whatever, but my guess is it's still going to be either in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, or we're going to be reeling from the economic fallout from it. Like it is depression, anxiety, or through the roof. Um, substance abuse is going up. Domestic abuse is going up. Um, suicide is going up when times are uncertain and even the big things that we take for granted, like it's safe to just go, you know, to a concert or whatever, when those things are kind of like topsy turvy, um, it brings a lot of anxiety because anxiety ultimately has to do with control. And when everything feels out of control, we get anxious. Uh, And then, you know, um, when it's not just me who's anxious, but it's my whole household and it's my kids who are now stuck at home trying to do online classes and things like that. It's just like, it's hard for everybody. So I almost feel like no one's immune at this current time. And like, I've actually been on the phone a lot today trying to figure out how to, um, basically get, free or cheap counseling for people who are Mm. struggling right now. So I would say like, we're not meant to do this alone. So if it just feels like it's hard for you to even get motivated to do just simple things, it'd be good to go to counseling. Um, If you can't even figure out like what the next good thing to do would be, it'd be good to go to counseling. Um, you know, we were just a couple of years into our marriage and uh, hadn't gone through. I mean, we, we literally just, when I say we don't fight much, we do have disagreements. But um, I don't know if it's just we're only five years in, but like we just generally get along pretty well. But she came to me and told me that she wanted to start go to, going to counseling. And my first response was exactly like what we're trying to push against here was mm-hmm. like, what's wrong? And she was like, no, I, it has nothing to do with you. But she sensed there was some stuff, like some deep laid stuff um, from growing up that she needed to deal with and that if she didn't, that it was going to have an impact on her. And I, at the time, remember thinking, 
oh, this is a strength, not a weakness. Like mm-hmm. this is like someone who's like, oh, my my arms aren't as strong as I want them to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna lift more. I'm gonna do more arm workouts or whatever. Like her recognizing, like being that self possessed to go, oh, I want to I want to work on that stuff and I want to grow. I mean, she's a for people who are into it, she's like a one on the Enneagram. So she's like, tell me the rules so I can learn more, so I can have the information so that everything will work. So for mm-hmm. her, it was like, oh, and I and I see it that way a lot now. Like when I'm trying to get people to destigmatize it, like to see it as like, well, you put work into your appearance and your physical health. Like why wouldn't you also put it into your mental and emotional health? Right. Um, and I mean, and even beyond that, we're whole beings, you know, like we – we compartmentalize things into like, oh, but that's chemical and that's emotional and that's spiritual, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's not as cut and dried and as all that. Um, but I, th- I think I uh, think thinking of it as like you know a muscle that you need to exercise. That's a good way of thinking about it. And I tell people, <clears throat> you know, like sometimes your car breaks down and it's got to be in the shop for like a week. Um, but then once it's better, you just need to change the oil, you know, every 3000 miles. And then occasionally you've got something small and it just, it's in the shop for a day or two. Like my goal isn't to like make money on people and keep them like dependent on me and have them, you know, (laughs) laying on the couch while I do Coke and smoke cigar. Sorry, that was a Sigmund (laughs) Freud reference, but, uh, you know, like. Now it's in, starting to get interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you mean Let's talk weird. about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the goal isn't like to be in counseling for the rest of your life. Um, but sometimes things are just really hard and counseling won't fix everything, but sometimes it makes it more manageable. We wanted to take a quick break to invite you to check out The Epicenter. The Epicenter is our Patreon-based online community. If you are enjoying this podcast, you should check it out because there's a ton more content just like this. There are three different tiers with tons of other perks like exclusive music, video content, merch, and there's more being added each month. And it's all built around a Discord server where we can hang out and keep each other encouraged and inspired. Additionally, there are bonus episodes of Between the Notes each month available only to patrons. Right now, the patrons have access to an episode we did with our good friend and super producer, Matt Goldman. Matt produced records for bands like Under Oath, Copeland, As Cities Burn, and tons more. Here's a quick taste of that conversation. Put it in the footnotes. Yeah, I, I, I don't sure. know if you're, I, I'm sure you remember, I'm sure you don't remember telling us this, but I'm sure you remember what I'm going to refer to. When we talked a little bit about price, you said basically what you just said, that, that Mark has convinced you to, to take it on no matter what. Um, you were telling us, uh, I believe it was a friend or a friend's dad. Um, basically, you got this principle from him that once you commit to a favor, you no longer consider it a favor. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, that's my friend Hurst Peacock, was a, a fellow, a guy I played drums in, drums for in his band for a little while. And uh, that's just something that he had talked about. And it was something that I think is... Uh, I think it's really solid, it's, solid wisdom. Yeah, yeah, it is. It it, it really is. Um, and I'm sure I haven't always been consistent and lived that way, but I do think there's there's something about being a man of your word, which mm-hmm. I mean, uh, which is basically what it is. It's just another way of saying be a man of your word. Right. Yeah. 
Well, to your credit, uh, as far as I can tell, you, you did hold up your end on that one. If you want to hear the rest of this conversation and get a ton more awesome content just like it, maybe take a minute and go check out The Epicenter over at patreon.com slash The Epicenter. Now back to the episode. What is it that drew you to this? Like, how did this, did this become obvious to you at some point? Did someone like, did you get a Harry Potter letter that like sent you to the counseling Hogwarts? Like what? I don't know. It Like, it's funny because my undergrad was in psychology and it literally was just like, I picked something random to have a degree because I just wanted to get out of college and tour in a band, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and I, and that was a means to an end, but it wasn't on my radar that I would be a counselor. And then, um, my wife and I moved from Nashville to Orlando to go to reformed theological seminary, um, for me to get a master of divinity, which does sound like I went to Hogwarts, but if you don't know what a master of divinity is, that's like the degree you get if you want to be a pastor. And it wasn't even on my radar then, but I found myself kind of gravitating toward the counseling students more than the bookish theology students. Was there something about their personality that was drawing you more or their approach? I started realizing counseling classes engaged my heart more. I started going to counseling and started realizing there was more there. And then Brandy, my wife, went through the counseling program. She started a year before I did. And I just saw how much she was changing, how it was just like heart surgery for her, like really hard, really, um, but really transformative. And so I almost wanted it for myself. Um, And the week that I started the counseling program, my dad died and it just ended that's up, the timing i remember that happening but i didn't know it was the same week yeah it was literally i went to class for a week and then that weekend my dad died and um so grief kind of became part of my like it's sort of linked to my learning process for how to counsel and i was thankful to be around a bunch of counseling type people while i was grieving but it honestly just feels like a huge honor to me for people to share their stories with me to, cause I mean, I literally have had people tell me things that they've never told anyone. Um, I had a man in his seventies tell me about sexual abuse from when he was five years old and he had been angry and depressed his entire life and just shut down. Like you would think this man has no emotions at all. And he had never told anybody about this. Um, Mm. And when I ended my time with him, he gave me this huge hug, which isn't necessarily the most ethical thing. Like if you take an ethics class, they're like, don't hug your clients. But it's like, you don't have a mug that says I do it for the hugs. Uh, I can I get you one if, <laughs> on the internet. If you guys, if you guys can work on that, okay. that would that would be pretty sweet. Um, but it's like this guy. I don't know if he'd ever just walked up and hugged a man before. You know what I mean? And and I don't I, I don't say that to be like I healed him. I, but it's like it was such an honor to just 
be in it with him and to be someone for the first time in his life that he felt safe telling this to. Yeah. Um, and he had for like 65 years blamed himself and thought it was his fault or he should have done something different. And I was like, man, have you met a five-year-old lately? Like they don't, <laughs> they don't have the categories mm-hmm. for what that even is. Like a five-year-old's not going to be able to defend themselves. But also like when you see a client change and grow and do something healthy, it's awesome. And sometimes it like on paper is crappy for me because they'll talk back to me or something, but I'm like, heck yeah. Yeah. Tell me you're mad at me. That's it. Like you have a voice, you know? Um, So. And then obviously you hug them and tell them it's not their fault. Right. While they, while they sob. Yep. Well, that's, that's all of our cultural, one of our cultural touchstones for this. Like, is that when you watch that movie, does it make you cringe or is there something about it that's resonant? No, it doesn't make me cringe. I mean, I think those moments are few and far between. And I think, I think what is healing is usually not, um, that one word that you say to them or that one question you ask. It's usually a redemptive process where you have a relationship and they feel known and Mm -hmm. understood and they can come in and be like, I fell off the wagon this week. And you can say, I'm still here. I still love you. You know, is that the general posture? Just like, I'm here for you. Is like that the main thing you're trying to get across the plate? Me personally? Yes. There are different schools, you know, of thought there are different theories. Um, but I, I want more than anything my clients to know that I'm for them and they can totally blow it and not do what we've talked about doing and I'm not going to shame them for it. What is it people should expect when they – like if they go to a counselor and they don't, they don't get A or B, then they should go to someone else. Like what is it that they should be expecting or looking for? Well, empirically, 70% of what is going to make – therapy effective is the relationship between the client and the therapist. So if you're just not, if there's no rapport, don't, don't say counseling isn't for me. Say this counselor isn't a good fit and try somebody else. I was going to ask a question question? similar to that. Um, It's kind of a two part question though. You don't have to answer the first part if you don't want, but one of the biggest hurdles that I've seen to getting into counseling is once you've gotten over the hurdle of it's okay to go to counseling is Mm -hmm. the money aspect. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not cheap to get counseling. And so I, I, if you had maybe a a counselor's perspective on why it costs what it does or how to kind of work around that, that'd be cool, but no need to, I don't want to put you on the spot there. The second half is how do because of that cost how can you like do you have any practical advice for finding the right counselor quicker okay, what how do you research beforehand how do you decide what kind of counseling you need or want or you know there's all kinds of acronyms for types of therapy and like so i would say there there are good counselors that take insurance so if if that's the only route it's not like um I very rarely do I hear about counseling that is like damaging or harmful to someone, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say 
from my experience where I am, the counselors that I would recommend do not take insurance. Okay. So, so that means you're paying out of pocket. Most counselors that I know, unless they're just incredibly sought after and like have a waiting list, will work on some sort of sliding scale. Um, I personally always tell my clients, here's what my fee is, but don't ever let money be the reason that you don't come. Like if you want to be here, need to be here, let's figure it out. Full time for a counselor is like 20 to 30 clients a week. Um, more like 20. And that, that may sound like you only work 20 hours a week, but it's like, if you have eight back-to-back clients, that's eight solid hours. Like I started ordering um, cases of Soylent just because I couldn't take lunch breaks and stuff, you know? So I'll just like drink Soylent. Um, So it is like draining. um, But because of that, like if all you do is counseling, um, you can't just give it away. Like if you mm-hmm. have to, you know, make a living. Um, and then, uh, as far as finding the right counselor, I just think talking to people who like asking friends for recommendations mm-hmm. is the best thing to do. Um, I wouldn't encourage anyone to get hung up about what kind of counseling they should go to. Um, because most counselors that I know have more of an eclectic approach anyway, instead of like, it's just this kind of counseling or it's just this theory. It's like you are familiar with different types of counseling and you're going to use the best tool for the job, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Mark, what would be like the big uh, overlap between counseling, obviously now pastoring, but before as a musician and a songwriter, like there's got to be a key through line there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think part of what made me realize I might be interested in being a pastor and or counselor was just meeting people on the road and having people, um, I mean, if someone's listening and doesn't know what Cohen Luke was about, I talked about Jesus, whether we're in like a youth room or at a bar or whatever, but, um, you know, people would hear me talk about that. People I don't even know and come up and tell me about divorce or about, you know, this horrible thing and want me to pray. And it was like, Whoa, okay. Whether I want to be the person who hears this or not, I'm someone people are seeking out either, to tell me their issues or seeking kind of like spiritual counsel or something like that. Um, so and music was like the, the thing that got me there, but also, um, I mean, sorting through my own issues as you know, like is a lot of the content that goes into, to songs, Mm. you know, and, and a lot of times when you're, like I always wanted to write songs that were personal, but also that someone else could sing and mean it, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of it being so specific to me, it's like, I don't know what he's talking about. And so like you think about the things that you wrestle with 
and imagine I can't be the only one wrestling with this, you know, and those are the same kind of issues that come up in the counseling room often. So it actually seems really connected. And then it was funny when I started producing, there was a time that like my sole income was either counseling or producing. And I was largely, um, I would get brought in to produce vocals and stuff like that. And that is one of the most vulnerable things to do is to record vocals and to, and to, <clears throat> it felt very much like counseling trying to let somebody know like, Hey, no, it's okay. You're good. Your voice cracked a little bit. You're just <laughs> used to this. Like you can, you're safe with me. You know, you can sound dumb with me and we're going to get the best out of you. And even trying to figure out like, okay, there's some, he's feeling some anxiety here. I've got to, I've got to get, I've got to get him to see this and move past it. It was, it felt very much like counseling to me. And Nate, you're probably like trying not to roll your eyes. Like, Oh my no, gosh. I, I get that. <laughs> I always say like that for like a huge, like, like there's a lot of people who can like hit a, the record button and record music. But what makes a producer is people is like managing people, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's like the music side of it. Like you had to have a taste level and all these other things, but like managing, especially like when it comes to like, you've booked a project, you're doing it. You, you have five weeks with a band. If you don't know how to like manage egos and, and personalities and problems and, you know, infighting within a band or whatever, then you're, you'll eventually run into something really challenging. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. I do know what you mean. There's also, I mean, storytelling has got a plan to this, right, Mark? Because you're like, we talk about this all the time. We don't know anyone who's better at telling good stories. And I, and I feel like I know why it I is. know someone who's better at telling bad stories. Okay, <laughs> maybe. maybe that's true. <laughs> but, like, I think what makes you unique, Mark, is, like, a lot of people are great. Um, they're great communicators, uh, but they tend to be not easily embarrassed, <laughs> Um i.e. like potentially, uh, well, no, I'm not going to get into yes, it. Yes, tell us who, Aaron. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say his name. Say his name. Say well, I was going to say the, 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 the president, but he's not really great communicating. He just talks a lot. We've already been into this, though. Right. Um, and then other people are like easily embarrassed, but they're not good at taking the center stage and telling a story. But like you're that perfect mixture of like you get yourself into these situations in life and you like you get in embarrassed or whatever you get caught up into the situation and then you're just phenomenal at telling the story like how <laughs> that has got to play into both worlds right i have an embarrassing counseling story and this just popped in Please. my head <laughs> the floor <laughs> is yours oh this is great it's sh it's short i don't think i've told you guys this before but so uh i said jeremiah like most of us have an eclectic kind of approach and mm -hmm. you use different tools. So there's one, um, there's one counseling theory called internal family systems, but you, everybody just calls it. IFS. Oh yeah. IFS, right. And yeah, you, you know, you know <laughs> yeah, about IFS. that. Uh, um, and I won't bother explaining all of it, but the basic premise is, uh, I don't even know if I should give the basic premise because A, I might not do it well and B, I might get down in the weeds and then be like, wait, the story's <laughs> not funny. No. But we'll just say 
mo- most of us have like an MO for how we get through life. Like you're the funny guy and you just make light of everything and dance around things or uh, you are just super productive all the time and that's how you get through. So I had this client who was uh, obese and she was very efficient and responsible and productive and everybody knew like if you want you know something done right you go to her and she like worked a full-time job and then had this consulting business so she would work like you know 10 hours during the day and go home and work six more hours and just crushed it constantly um and so her manager that's kind of the ifs term was like basically just crushing it all the time that's how she managed to get through life but then you have these things that come up uh that the manager can't deal with. And so for her, it was her mom. Her mom was critical of her and like no amount of her getting promotions and winning awards and stuff did it for her mom. And she would find herself um, going and like just binge eating after she had been around her mom. And so um, the the binge eating behavior, it's like the manager takes care of everything and then fires pop up and you need a, a fire fire fighter to come in and like deal with it. And a lot of times it is an unhealthy behavior or an addictive behavior or something like that. So for her, it was binge eating. And so I was using this IFS kind of language and it was really helpful for her see that like that's the one area of her life that wasn't manageable and so we kind of adopt that terminology manager firefighter so i had this like breakthrough session with her because she was pretty stoic where she was crying and i think it was the first time i'd ever seen her cry and and i'm like speaking really tenderly to her and like it's a really intense moment and i said what do you do when that firefighter comes <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and i was like in the moment just like Ugh, that sucked oh i just said firefighter but like she didn't flinch or anything and she's still like crying and she answers the question but then I said it three what? more times. <laughs> Wait, babe, that might be the right move. You committed. You committed to it. You know, like now she thinks that's oh how you say gosh. it. <laughs> well, it's it's like no, she did not think that's how you say it. It it was like one of those Brian Regan moments where I'm like, don't say it, and I'm like, firefighter. And after the fourth time. I just went and I just looked down and we both just started laughing. And I was like, I'm so sorry. We're going to call it the fireman. (laughs) (laughs) So for the rest of the time that I saw her, we just talked about the fireman. We never brought it up again. I've got an exercise for you, Mark. Okay. You're up for it. Sure. A little uh, true or false rapid fire. 
Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. Zero explanation allowed. Hey, uh, your career's online, so. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> my, my music career. <laughs> High stakes. All right. All right. Yeah. No, expl- uh, no explanation allowed. True or false. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Putting you on the spot. Yeah, you are. Couples should stay together for the kids. Ooh, this is just false. Okay. Pastors can replace the need for a counselor. True. I like you're using inflection to like add just a yeah, little bit of spice. You're, mit- <laughs> you're not allowed to mitigate with, with inflection. How dare you inflect your voice? <laughs> do you want do you want me to get my like Apple yes. voice to <laughs> the <True>. answer <laughs> is true. <laughs> Counseling is a luxury. False. The Bible doesn't have all of our answers. True. All right. That's all I had for you. Did he, I, did he pass? I think he passed. <laughs> those, are all, know, those are all You correct. know that I want to uh, yeah. <laughs> explain all of those, but I won't. Well, uh, well, well, rapid fire on whatever there sticks with you for a second. Like whatever sticks out to you there, Mark. Yeah. Do you have a comment you really want to like throw out there? Um, I mean, I would say briefly... Um, there are, I think I would, I am always for a marriage, but I think you can have bad reasons for staying married. Mm -hmm. Um, I think four kids is a good reason, but it shouldn't be the reason Mm -hmm. to stay together. Um, I think in a perfect world, we would have people that we could truly be known by. Um, let me figure out a way to not end with a preposition or whatever. Uh, in an ideal world, we will have relationships where we are fully known and fully loved. Um, and I think that is one thing that um, counseling is helpful for is truly knowing someone, but still being for them, but also loving someone enough to tell them the hard things that other people maybe won't or saying, this is how I'm experiencing you. Um, If I'm experiencing you this way, probably everybody else is experiencing you that way. Most people don't talk like that. Mm. If you have that, whether it's your best friend or if it's a pastor or if it's a spouse, um, that's just as powerful as counseling. There's nothing magic about counseling, but most of us don't have those kind of relationships. And most of us probably need something that's a consistent, probably more than a pastor can um, be. And um, maybe a little more objective, like even my best friend, if he's super honest with me, like he's going to have some blind spots because we know each other so well. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I said a pastor can take the place of a counselor, especially if you're a pastor and a counselor. <laughs> Whoa. Um, Cheating. And uh, I don't, I think the Bible tells us everything that we need to know um, 
for salvation. Um, um, it tells us what we should know and believe about God and what that requires of us. Um, but it's not like a, um, uh, like it's not going to tell you what, well, yeah, it's not going to tell you how to cook risotto. It's not going to tell you how to fix your car. Like it doesn't have everything that you'll need. Um, as a counselor, can you teach me how to cook risotto? <laughs> I have realized this is random, but I have realized I have so many soft skills like counselor, pastor, musician who doesn't actually like <laughs> know anything about music. Um, I was thinking if there's like a zombie apocalypse, nobody wants me on their team. <laughs> like, <laughs> No one's like, we're going to need help processing that. It's like, <laughs> you're going for the guy that knows how to make bear traps, you know? No, we, when we're sitting around the fire, we want you to tell us that embarrassing zombie story you had the other day. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you, do you guys watch Walking Dead or did you ever? Yeah. I have in the past, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not up on it, but like the pastor guy is like, worthless right (laughs) nobody wants nobody wants the pastor guy um anyway is there any like main resources or like books you'd recommend if people like want to read up on this more like you know or even or maybe online resources for people in this season who can't get out but are like looking for someone to talk to yeah well um i think there's a podcast um, that a guy named Adam Young does called The Place We Find Ourselves. And it's really good. Um, he is a counselor um, and a Christian, and he just has a lot of insight um, into the human experience. I, I don't know what to say other than that, but it's not um, overly academic or anything like you don't have to be a counselor to listen to it. And I would say um, if you can't or are not sure if you want to go to counseling, just um, checking out that podcast and working through some of the stuff he talks about could be really helpful. Okay. Really quick. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference between counseling and therapy? No, there's not. Um, I will say <clears throat> uh, a therapist slash counselor, whatever term you want to use and a psychiatrist are not the same thing. And a lot of people have misconceptions about that because in movies and stuff like that, a lot of times they're like, Oh, I'm going to my psychiatrist and it shows them laying down on the couch and he's sitting there with a clipboard or she's sitting there with a clipboard. Um, Psychiatrists can prescribe drugs. Counselors can't. So I'm not an MD. Um, mm. And uh, usually psychiatrist, uh, you go to them and it's pretty quick and they write you a script and it's not like you're going and pouring your heart out to them every week. Um, you might see them quarterly. Uh, so that I'd say that's a big misconception. Do a lot of people see do some people see both? Like they have a counselor and a psychiatrist? Yeah, especially because counselors can't prescribe if um, 
like for example, if you're bipolar, you need to be on medication. And so that's something you would go to a psychiatrist for. Um, well, dude, thanks for making time, man. And uh, hopefully everybody out there will uh, feel more and more like counseling is just like a, can be a normal part of their life that can, can like add a lot of value and help sort through a lot of stuff. And especially in a time like this, um, yeah, we're thankful for someone like you in our life who's given us a lot of good counsel, man. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Only good well, counsel. I'm thankful for you guys, too. I literally was thinking um, that that first, well, maybe only, like, tour that we did together, like, I was not healthy or in a good place. And it's almost, like, shocking that that we came away friends because i'm like i could i could see you guys just being like he's kind of weird he's not in a real good place but um it's funny to think like in some ways it doesn't seem like that long ago but i feel like i have changed a lot since then um and i'm very grateful for that and i know like just counseling and learning more about myself and other people is a lot of why. So what you're um, saying is you're not only the owner, you're also a client. <laughs> yeah, but I don't counsel myself. <clears throat> <clears throat> that would be a podcast. Let me yes, let me counsel myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, we, we, we always end this sh- we always end this show with thanks, no thanks. Oh, yeah. uh, so you get one. You don't get one of each, Mark. But you take a second and think about it while the rest yeah, of us go. Yeah, from the last you week, one. you got to thank or no thanks something. Maya, what do you got? Uh, no thanks to my son who threw a Lego and cracked my MacBook Pro screen. Ooh. Oh, oh like beyond Atticus beyond use. Caught. Ooh, Can, is wow. it is it beyond repair? Uh, it's not beyond replacement. I oh, gotcha. <laughs> How big of a Lego was it, <laughs> dude? I, it must have hit just right, man. I don't understand what happened. Wow, How I'm still kind of figuring out how to process it. Mark, <laughs> I'm going to call you after this. Um, <laughs> he's five. There you go. You might want to. You might want to harness that. He could be a pitcher someday or something. Cash it in. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what do you got? Buy me a new MacBook Pro. Then I, um, I'm going to throw thanks at a uh, Junior's Pizza in Atlanta because it's where my brother works and they're closed. But we uh, went over and raided their freezer because they're closed so that's awesome and so we have a fridge full of weird stuff (laughs) we have like a we have like a gallon tub filled to the brim with mushrooms like the you know the food not the the hallucinogen um (laughs) that i'm gonna make into some omelets maybe and i like uh, the idea of a five gallon jug of shrooms (laughs) shrooms <laughs> no it's only one it's only one oh they said a five gallon jug a one gallon jug of shrooms even still yeah yeah it's still like a huge i mean if you think about like an ice cream pail filled to the brim with mushrooms yeah <laughs> it's weird it's a lot of mushrooms uh but yeah just a ton of food we got toilet paper we got like a bunch of stuff and it was just like hey we're not going to be open for a couple months next week on between the notes no thanks to mushrooms <laughs> yeah, yeah. I honestly was thinking about giving the no thanks back to those bees. <laughs> two, a two week, a two yeah, week no thanks. That's never happened. It hasn't before. gotten better. They keep bashing their fat, corpulent <laughs> bodies against my window. 
I got a I got a big old thanks uh, to the people at Women's Care Physicians of Louisville. Uh, they uh, took care of my wife today. We had our uh, like twenty month screening. Everything looks good with the baby. Super excited, but uh, I couldn't go in because of all the uh, the regulations. But super professional. Took really good care of her. Made her feel safe. Like immediately when she walked in the building, they like took her temperature and made her wash her hands and just really made. They've really done a good job of making her feel safe. So big thanks to them. Mark, what about you? Uh, I'd probably say no thanks to people who are hoarding paper towels because <laughs> we don't have any and it's like just just take what you need man like, wait they're hoarding what's... paper towels down there i thought it was toilet paper it's both it's like all paper right all products. paper products. i'll tell you what that means that that's years and robot catalog that they're wiping wiping their butts with paper towels now that oh, is yeah. certainly what that means well this is going to sound weird but it's like we have <clears throat> Clorox wipes, which we're trying not to use that much because, you know, they disinfect stuff. But I'm running out of paper towels and our sink is disgusting in our bathroom right now. And I'm like, I kind of don't want to clean it because I don't want to use like the three paper towels I have left. But I don't want to use one of these precious Clorox wipes either. <laughs> Dude, hot tip. You should get into rags, man. You're really going to like them. Yeah. You can throw them in the washing machine afterwards. Don't you got like an old Norma Jean shirt or something? Just wipe it up. <laughs> we love you, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, love you guys too. All right, Nate, Thanks. you got to say the the, the closing uh, bye-bye since you did it last week. Oh, what did I say? You just said bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye-bye. Between the notes of the Ever Center production.